Hello, and welcome to Doing the Work with Jay and Becca. I am just so excited to introduce you to Ebony Smith today. She is a rock star, and we're just starting to listen to her story, and I'm just like, whoa, 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 whoa. We need all of our listeners to hear all of this because you, her story is just so incredible. She is an executive coach, and she is working with major folks who are doing huge things, but her own story is just incredible as well as she comes from working in the corporate world with 20 years in the oil and gas industry, trading financial derivatives, which, you know, to me, I'm like, whoa, I don't even know what the heck that means. But now, yeah, I'm like, ah, that sounds like a big deal. Um, <laughs> so this is another amazing woman that that Jay has brought into our lives. So Jay, tell us, and welcome, first of all, Ebony. I always forget to welcome people. <laughs> welcome, Ebony. Hi, thank you. Hey, thanks for being here. <laughs> thanks well, for you know what? Um, when you hear Ebony's story, you're going to understand more about what I'm about to, to share with you. Ebony, first of all, welcome, uh, friend, to the to our show. Thank you so and, much. And um, we uh, have met, met in some networking groups, but that's like what I want to one of the reasons I wanted to have you on the show and what I want to speak to, which I didn't know this until just a minute ago. And so now I'm really excited because I was like, Oh man, I, my intuition is so right there. One of the things that attracted me to you and always attracts me to you is your stillness. And like this zenness that you have about you. <laughs> it's like, it, was, it wasn't it's, always there. I know I got, I can get, that's why I'm excited <laughs> to hear the story. Um, because we talk a lot about stillness on our show, and we talk a lot about um, a oneness and alignment. And so I'm excited to hear your story, but that's, uh, you know, of all the things, all the success that you have and all the great things you're up to, Ebony has this presence about her, and I'm sure it'll come through as you hear her speak, but she has a presence that is very, very calming and powerful. And I, it's very, like, I was just, I noticed it immediately. And from across, you could feel it across a room. Right. And so that there's some there's there's I just want to acknowledge you and appreciate you for that, that you've created this presence. It's just with you all the time and it feels good. And it's it's still I mean, it's it's very powerful. And so um, welcome to our show and thanks for being here and thanks for being willing to give us your time. Well, thank you. I really appreciate you and Becca having me on. Um, it's so great. Uh, to spend this time with you. I'm really looking forward to uh, sharing a bit of my story and hoping that your listeners will get just a little something that's the catalyst for them to move forward in their own lives. Yeah, and you were just telling us that you came out of corporate, right? So go back to back up. Tell yeah. us that story. <laughs> back up. We need it again. So, um, yeah, three years ago. So it's funny, like when you know something is off, you really know something is off, right? So I would say in about 2011, I kind of started my process. I was still in my corporate job. I'd, I'd had moved to a new city in 2008. I sort of got my new friends together. I got involved in like the arts and all kinds of things. And one of the women I had met who was on the board of the symphony with me here, um, she said, you know, we're going to do this self-help book group. Do you want to join? I was like, Yep, I just met you five minutes ago, but what's the commitment? And I'm here for this. And so we started, and that led me into taking a couple personal development courses that I would take at night um, for like eight-week stints or 12-week stints with other coaches. Uh, and it really helped me make a change. And from that point, I started doing retreats. Mm-hmm. Um, not leading them, but just participating, you know, Sedona, Machu Picchu. I was searching. 
I mm-hmm. even mm-hmm. organized a group of girlfriends um, to go to the Himalayas. We went for 21 days. I was like, I've been looking at Bhutan on the cover of a magazine, and I want to go. I need to pray and meditate my way into a change. Nice. So, <laughs> I love that. <laughs> That's fantastic. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Universe, you know I need something. Give it right. To me. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Please. <laughs> I am open. I'm willing. I'm a vessel. Please pour into me because I need something different. And right. so I came back from that trip. Um, and within, I would say, 60 days, my company had been talking to me, our senior leaders, and I was fairly senior as well, uh, about they wanted me to move. We They reorganized me recently to join a different division. And the leader of that division wanted me in his office instead of being at our global headquarters. And it was just in a place where I didn't feel like it aligned with who I was. I thought I can have a great career there, I'm sure. That, for me, has never been in question. I, I work hard. I try to be a craftsman. Um, but can I have a great personal life? Great. And so when the question came and the decision had to be made, I decided for once in my career I was going to choose me. Yeah. And in that choice, because it is a choice, right? It is. It is. And they, yeah, in that moment I knew and so immediately they're like, think about it. And I was like, I don't, I, need to, I don't need to think. My gut is telling me this is not who you are. And at the time when we were having a meeting, I want to tell you, I was on cold meds all weekend because I'd been sick. And oh, we were in, it was a snowstorm in New Your York. Your body is going, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But I had spent the, the previous day, like our meeting started on a Sunday, which that's a whole nother thing about corporate culture. But our meeting started on a Sunday. So I flew in that Friday night. And I checked into a really nice hotel and I was like, I'm just going to bring bath salts, a book and order room service for all my meals. And I'm going to rest and relax on Saturday and take that time for me so that I can go into Sunday prepared as I could be on Mm -hmm. Mm Coleman's. Right. And so at the end of that first day, I got the ultimate. I was like, yeah, no. I went upstairs. I called the, the SVP who hired me into the company. I said, I think I'm leaving. And he was like, oh, okay. And so he didn't ask me any questions. And I knew in that moment that that was the right choice for me. And instantly a calm came about me. Mm-hmm. What the calm left the first day that I was back at home, because I had a, a non-compete that lasted for a, a year, um, which is non-competes are standard in the industry I came from. The length of time isn't, but it's okay. I knew that when I got hired that it was going to be In the industry, now I don't know, because we can, I don't know how much you can say, but you're in the gas and oil industry. We can say that, right? And that you were, but then yeah. what does that mean, non-compete wise? It just means you can't go work for another gas and oil company? Yes. They, okay. they just don't want, because you know all of the financial positions that that company has on. Sure. Yeah. You can go okay. and trade against them in the marketplace that helps them lose money. And because right. I was managing accounts that were very lucrative for the company, right. sure. they also wanted the opportunity to keep my accounts and assign new people to them and have them get up to speed and build a relationship. That's right. essentially why people do it. They don't yeah. want you to take the book of business that you've already built to your sure. new company. Sure. And so, and so you can start your own business. Well, no, I didn't because that was prohibited oh. as well. Right. What, so, it's called Garden Leaf for a reason. You go out in your backyard and you plant a garden and watch it grow. Water it. On- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that is got what it. basically you're allowed to, you are, well, you are allowed to watch it grow. Yeah. Uh, so what I decided to do during that time was really practice the art of stillness. 
what did I need to do and learn about myself so that I could be a better version of me for the next time? Because clearly this was a time to innovate and iterate and really redesign the things that were important to me. And what I realized is that I lived in my house probably for five years, but I'd never spent, slept 30 straight days in the house. Ah. That became the goal. Holy Travel. crap. Traveled so much. And so I was like, I want to, I want to stay home. I want to sleep in my own bed. I want to wake up, have breakfast, lunch, and dinner at home. I'm not going to go out to eat. If my friends want to see me, we can go for a walk. We can go to the park. Or you can come over and I will make you the latest version of something I watched on the food court. <laughs> I love it. I yes. Took a lot of mindfulness walks. And then eventually I said, you know what? I can't do this journey alone and I need a coach. And I realized that as much coaching I need, I, th- I was like probably like 100 hours a week, but maybe like really 45. I can't afford that. Let me go into co- let me go to coaching school. That's part of becoming a coach is a transformation and learning how to work on yourself and learning new tools. And I, at the time, didn't plan on becoming a coach. But what I thought I would be is a much better leader when I went back to my next job. 100%. Yeah, because yeah, people don't leave companies, they leave managers. Yeah. And what you just said is very important. I want to back up for a second because you just glossed right over that because what you said was part of becoming a coach is taking yourself on. I mean, when you go to coaching school, they basically tell you if you're going to be a coach, you have to work on yourself. So you have this opportunity to go to coaching school and then you just dive into yourself. It's brilliant. You're brilliant. <laughs> like, hello, brilliant. Okay. Good idea. <laughs> Yeah, really so I just, smart. I spent wow. a lot of time <laughs> working on myself, but also spending, it also opens you up to an, a whole community of compassionate, empathic people yeah. that only, that only want to have conversations that focus in on you. Because one of the things you learn as a coach is you have to learn how to listen. Mm-hmm. And so when you're hanging out with a lot of coaches, People just look at you and listen and they hang in the silence and they're okay with the pause. They're okay with tears and they will just let you be in that moment. And I think that when you're in corporate America, you spend a lot of time formulating your responses to other people's statements, questions, or ideas, and you don't spend time hanging out in that pause. And one of the great skills I learned was I need to hang out in the the gap that gap that people create naturally when they're in connection and community with each other. But sometimes the gap needs to be nurtured and you need to let people like, Hey, I'm here, but I don't need to say anything. And I think that's a big part of the coaching relationship. So me learning that skill and really practicing it and becoming a practitioner, I think was a really essential part of me becoming um, a different version of myself. Yeah. Also, um, I went to like all kinds of meditation classes and yoga classes and um, took Vedic meditation training. And I was like, you know what? There's seven styles of meditation. I'm going to practice all of them. Um, And as I told friends in my community about what I was looking to achieve for myself, they began to offer things that they secretly had been doing for years, but we had never discussed in our normal friendship of, you know, fashion, gossip, music, concerts, dinners, restaurants. People be really, when they know that's what you do, they open up about their personal practice. Yep. And they'll say, hey, why don't you come with me? I have a really great meditation teacher. Or why don't you come with me? Um, I'm going to sound bowls or I'm going to hypnosis. And for some people, this can sound really woo-woo. And I, I get that. But what also Not came to my out, crew. <laughs> okay, <laughs> go. We got it. <laughs> oh, we have mind. gone way the woo. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
<laughs> right? And so if you asked me five years ago when I owned sound bowls, I'd be like, mm, that's a negative. Now I have a beautiful set of sound bowls. I'm coveting my next bowl. I, you know, I do meditation. Um, I like, you know, decided I wanted to learn about hypnosis and how the brain works and how I can talk to myself and NLP and all of those things I would say really contributed to me having a worthwhile experience during that year off. The other thing I decided to do was, because it wasn't all just woo woo, I knew that I needed to earn a living and keep my career going. I decided that I would go to business conferences that I never would have attended when I was in oil and gas. And I started going to tech entrepreneur conferences because they were fun. The people were young. You don't have to dress up and they have concerts at night. And so that was basically all I needed. So probably about six months after my first day of garden leave, I started attending these conferences. And it was there when I decided if I was going to ever make the big change and start my own business, that this was the perfect time in my life to do it. Yeah. And so that's what I did. Great story. Love. What a great love. story. I, a couple, I mean, there's so oh, many things that oh, just. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. many things. Yeah. <laughs> Do you want to go first, Becca? I'm still, I'm, my mind's reeling. So go for it. I'm sure you've got an awesome question right off the bat. Yeah. So here's the first question I have is, was it personal development classes you took in the beginning or how did you know that stillness is what you needed? Because I teach that, right? So I teach get still, I teach go in, I teach all that kind of stuff. But especially when I am working with somebody who has never had a background or any kind of exposure to that, there is a, a, a learning curve and B, an enrollment. Like I got enrolled. I mean, I mean, you know, long yep. Becca worked with me before she would yep. meditate. <laughs> Becca, how long did you work with me before you'd uh, meditate? Probably about a year and a half. Yeah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> year, you know what I mean? Like. So how did, did you, or did you already have a background of, of understanding of that? Or how, how did you know that stillness was where you were going to find what you needed? Because most people just, well, they hears the noise and they don't really understand that. So I would love to hear that. Well, first of all, Becca, I'm, in, I'm impressed you did it in a year and a half. I would say it probably <laughs> took me four years, four years of not having to do guided. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Right? So. For me, it was a, a constant attempt to meditate, but always falling off the bicycle. Okay. It was a practice okay. that I had, but I would tell you, compare if I look at where I was then versus where I am now, totally different practice. And yeah. so I probably wasn't focusing in on it enough, but I knew it was something that I needed. So I was always grasping for it. And I knew that it that that's what it was supposed to be, something that I was working towards, not something that I was going to master. And I talked to a bunch of people, and they're like, this is a lifetime practice. This yeah. is something well, that's forever. And it ebbs and flows. It'll change. Exactly. And now I meditate in silence, and I can do, you know, a couple hours at a time. In the beginning, for the first four or five years, with guided, I couldn't do 20 minutes. Yeah. 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 No. Yeah. It took me a long time. I took a class that got me to go that started us at twenty minutes uh, at a time, but it was it was guided. It was like a course that essentially twenty minutes, then two weeks later, and then he'd switch it up every two weeks. You get a new meditation, but that got me into a twenty minute a day practice. Um, so, and before that, it was like you know, like sputtering around and trying to figure that out. So for me, always Mine for me, one thing I know about myself. I'd get mad at Jay every time I tried. <laughs> I'd be like, God damn it! Why do I have to do this? This is so boring. <laughs> <laughs> right? 
Yeah. But for me, if I want to learn something, I just know I have to I, to, I put myself in a class because that's how it, it's I have to have a hand my hands on it. Um, but so, yeah. But but what I guess what my question was about that, there was a knowing that you had that you knew that the stillness was was, was where you were going to find it. I, yes, I did, because I the so I, I'm, I'm saying I fell off the bicycle, but there were enough times that I actually rode the bike yeah. that. I, I knew what that high felt like. Yeah. So I was chasing that high. <laughs> yes. Right? Yes. But I didn't yes. know how to, but I didn't have a way to tap into it regularly. And yeah. I would say in that trip to Bhutan, we spent, I spent a lot of time in monastic life. Um, and so it was the opportunity to talk with the monks and the nuns in the monasteries because they teach it. Um, that led me to really after that trip, before I started the garden leave, that my meditation practice really got better. And while I was on garden leave, because I believe um, that meditation makes space. So if I wanted to have my life to be different, I needed to get rid of things and clear and make space and journal about it. And so I was probably meditating four to five times a day. Oh, at yeah. one point in the beginning, because I was like, I don't want to feel like this. I don't want to feel like I don't have choice. I don't want to feel like um, that I have to choose between my life and my career, that this is not a path that I want to continue down. What do I need to learn and bring in about myself so that I don't have experience this set of feelings again? And yeah. so going into meditation and coming out, I got a little bit more clarity here and there and things like that. And so as I've gotten along with my practice, it's been one of those things that kind of anchors me in who I am. And so now I only meditate probably twice a day. Um, I'll add in a hypnosis as well. But it's that morning uh, power hour that I have before the sunrise that kind of really sets me up to have a great day. Because after I'm done with my meditation, I think, what do I want to accomplish today? What are my like five to seven small wins that if I look back at the end of the day and I write my gratitude list, if I got those done, will I feel like I have moved my life and my career forward? And so I use that time in the morning to set up the fact that I'm going to have a good day. And so now I believe that a string of good days leads to an amazing life. Mm. This is before yeah. I would accept bad days more mm. often than not thinking, oh, but I'm still moving towards my goal. I'm going to have a great life. No, nope. now I believe that my good life, my great life, my life that I want starts with a good day. And if mm -hmm. I'm not setting myself up for that good day right in the very beginning, and some mornings I don't wake up at sunrise or I wake up at sunrise, I do the meditation, I, I journal, and then I go right back to sleep. And mm -hmm. that's okay too. Yeah. Um, and so I'm not really like hardcore about how it gets done. But I do do that quite a bunch. And then I um, also reflect on my week, probably on Saturday mornings. I'll spend a little bit more time journaling. And then I look at every quarter. At, I look at the you know halfway mark of the year. I just did, I'm doing in the middle of doing that work right now as we are um, starting uh, the third quarter. And just look at what do I want to bring in in the next 12 weeks. I use a 12-week year cycle, actually, mm -hmm. in my own uh, for my business. So I think about those things. And that's really... I would say has helped me um, in the days when I'm not super busy. I now don't think like, Oh my God, I'm failing as an owner. I think, Oh my goodness, I've been gifted with this time to really work on myself. Yeah. Okay. So I want to circle back to that because what you said, 
something that um, one of the things that I say and that I share with my people is the fact that we're all having the same conversation. So we can wrap it up in a whole million different labels, but we're all talking about the, the people who are talking about how to be successful are all saying the same things. And one of the things that you just said that resonates with, I talk, I am a student of Abraham and that's part of the teachings that we do is about as new thought teachings and law of attraction. Mm-hmm. And, and at the same time, uh, I'm a, also a neuroscience nerd. So we love to bring in the brain and how it functions. So one of the things that you said and the Abraham talks about is that when you've got a lot of momentum going with negativity or negative thoughts, or you've got your brain going in a direction you don't want it to go in, you know, Abraham will be like, take a nap. I mean, do whatever you mm-hmm. need to do to reset your brain, right? Yep. So what I just heard you say was, I didn't want to think those thoughts. I didn't want to feel this way. So I went into meditation to reset. Mm-hmm. And it's like you reset as many times a day as you need to reset during that time. And I cannot emphasize enough this conversation with all of you people listening to me, right? How many times we have this conversation (laughs) about how important it is not to to reset. And the, the, but here's what, here's what's amazing to me, Ebony, is that you gave yourself as much time as you needed to reset. You know what I mean? It's like that whole world is as long as it takes and you, and, and I'm sure you had some fear. Maybe you had some fear along the way, like every day, uh, every you know, like every. But you did it. But you still gave it to yourself. You know what I mean? And that's what's that's we talk a lot about that because I think I'm a believer that things are always working out for us, and the universe has always got my back. And you know, like I just can't fail. I'm an eternal being. There's no way I can fail. So giving myself the time to be in alignment and to be happy in my skin and here, as much as that takes for me anyway, is paramount to any other kind of success I could have for me. That's how I, I look at my alignment and how, and my happiness barometer <laughs> as my success. Um, and whatever it takes to reset, you know, whatever's going on with me, sometimes it takes more than other days, uh, you know, when I'm, when everything's great in my life and, you know, the whole universe is in going the way I, everybody's listening to my script, you know, I don't have to reset as often as I do when, I got a lot stirred up. I got a little kid. You know what I mean? Like that. So mm-hmm. what I, one of the things I teach is like whatever it takes, like you just make sure you keep your head in the game and keep your head in, in alignment. And I love that you spoke to that. Like I just – I didn't want to feel that way, so I go into meditation, reset. Boom. That's awesome. The other thing that I love is that we that I want to hear you speak, speak to because we started to talk about it before we started recording was we talk a lot about as coach, I lead by doing my work. Like I do my own stuff. I work on myself. Yeah. And you teach self-care. You teach resiliency. And you clearly do self-care. And you do your work. And you said something like you hack yourself. Yes. So we wanted to get – I wanted to make sure we get back to that conversation because I'm probably – I probably do too. I'm not sure what you mean by hack, but I want to hear about it because that's – how do you hack yourself? Okay. So the data nerd in me, hmm. I, I view myself – as a project, uh-huh. right? Okay. And so this is viewing yourself outside of yourself. I call it, I tell my clients it's helicoptering up. I want right. you to helicopter up and spend right. some time looking at your life like a game board. Right. Figure out what hacks can help you skip steps, uh, steps along the way. I use Monopoly frequently as the analogy, but what kind of <laughs> hacks can you put into place? Like what can give you that card to say, oh, you know what? Luck is on your side, move forward five steps. 
Like mm-hmm. that's, those are the hacks that I need in order to get, move things forward. So part of that hack and part of me learning is when you go, go to coaching school, you take a lot of personality assessments. That's the data part for me. So mm-hmm. I frequently lay out all my personality assessments like a couple times a year. I reread them. I think about what resonates with where I am right now and what parts could I still develop of my own personality. And yeah. that's part of the hack. And so I know that I suffer from shiny object syndrome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Amen. You know, be, because because you guys you are woo, Yeah, because yeah. you guys are woo woo, I'll tell you it's because I have five air planets. Uh, yeah right there's nothing good gosh you're you're even worse than me (laughs) and so that lack of fixed planets means that i need to hack myself quite often and so for me it could be as simple as like oh my goodness if you finish everything on your to-do list today you can have a popsicle at the end of the day (laughs) i am a five-year-old child or you can build a new pinterest board like pinterest is a treat Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not everybody gets to go on Pinterest. It will be your treat for today. If you get, if you work really hard and over the morning, you can watch trash TV for an hour while you eat your lunch, right? It, it's not, it doesn't have to be something big. Doesn't have to be something amazing. But I hack myself, and if I do well all month, maybe I get to purchase something or go somewhere or do an experience with friends. Um, I also know that I need a deadline, and so if I have a deadline, I'm I. I love procrastination, but the deadline means, and my own ability to want to be successful means the closer I get to the deadline, the more I'll start working on things. So sometimes I'll set up some artificial deadlines as part of the hack. Some are, yeah. Yeah. I have that deadline. I won't do it. I mean, I won't do it until it's due. (laughs) Otherwise, I'm like, oh, crap. Yeah. I have to, I have to fake deadlines for myself. So that's part of the hack. The other part of my hack is I have a couple friends who are entrepreneurs. We set up 90-minute working sessions on Skype, not because we're working together or talking to each other, but that person is just in the corner of my screen as somebody to hold me accountable. Ooh, I love that. I tell them them what I'm looking to get accomplished in that session. They tell me what they're looking to get accomplished. We check in 45 minutes uh, into the session. How are you doing? I'm doing really good. Great. Me too. Let's check in again in another 45 minutes. And then that's a 90-minute yeah. session done. Some days I set up three or four of these if I really have something I need to get done. Yeah. And it's been a really great hack for me. Yeah. In coaching school, we used to call those integrity days where we'd have a whole day like that where you kind of everybody's online together and declaring what you're going to get done in the next hour, um, stuff like that. Yeah, that's brilliant. Got so, it. Those are my hacks. Uh, they're easy. They're not like rocket science. Yeah. No, but they're no, 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 perfect. But, they're you know, perfect the, for, I, I mean, they're right. things that anybody can they're do for you. immediately. You know? Yeah. yeah. Well, and it's part of knowing your, you know, the second chapter of my book, I think, or whatever. I don't know. It's in the beginning. But um, one of my beliefs is that is that as humans, it's our job to know ourselves. Mm-hmm. And know that each of us is unique, and so each of us has our own strengths and our own, you know, like if I just, I have a, a, a profile, uh, you know, one of those, I've, I've done so many of them. So, you know, like I've done all the assessments. I know myself pretty well. I've done the strength finders, 
I have, and one that I just did recently, which is the culture index, which is hilarious. Like my profile literally is the daredevil. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I know myself, I know I'm bold and I lead straight out and ego and, and knowing and not making it wrong that, that ego is a leader for me has been one of the latest, biggest learning learnings of myself. It's like knowing that I lead with ego and not making that wrong because it's not, I mean, they call it ego, but it's that I can do itness, right? Mm-hmm. That's I lead. I always lead. I can do itness, you know. But then what I don't think about is how can I do it, right? I always just yes. leap into it, right? So, you know, I think it's so powerful to know yourself and to, and if you do, then you can then you can hack yourself. You can know all the things that I got to do to keep myself. Uh, in alignment. So in the yeah, culture brilliant. index. We Good just stuff. did this too, and in the culture index, they um, have different letters that stand for things, and D obviously is the detail, and that's what both Jay and uh-huh. I lack a great deal of. I Actually, mine was <laughs> zero. <laughs> I got a zero. <laughs> I had zero D, yeah. and I was like, I have no D. <laughs> I'm in trouble. I need some D because I need to hire some yeah. D. That's what I need to do. <laughs> yeah. But you know, the one thing I would say is like, the more you know yourself, it's better for you when you're looking to find people to work with you. And that comes up quite often with my clients. I was like, you know, one client in particular, when I first started working with him two years ago, I was like, everybody I met on your team seems exactly like you. And he's like, he looked at me, eyes kind of looked down. I was like, yeah, okay. I said, so what would it be like to hire people that are strong in the areas that are not your strengths? I don't want to say weakness, but they're not your strengths that you struggle with and you put a lot of energy into, but it comes naturally to them. How would your team perform differently if you had more of those kind of people? And so here we are, fast forward two years later, um, he got down to a final couple candidates um, for a new job. And I was like, tell me what you like about each of these people, why you moved them forward to the final stage. He told me, he goes, I really like candidate X. And I also like candidate C. Um, y. X I really like because we're so much alike, blah, blah, blah. And I said, oh, that sounds amazing, whatever. And I said, so who are you making the offer to? He's like, candidate Y. Nice. And I, was, and I said, why? He goes, well. They both have the same level of technical proficiency. Um, can I go to lunch with candidate Y? Of course. Would I love traveling with candidate X? Yes, because I, we could be great friends. But candidate Y has more of the things that I don't have um, along with the technical, profi- technical proficiency. And that's what my team needs. They don't yeah. need another version of me to yeah. be a strong extrovert at our meetings this person is a silent, quiet, technical expert, and yeah. that's a better personality fit in rounding out our team. I was like, because you have enough people like you. He goes, yes, I do. And, yeah. and now, because he helicopters up, he really sees how sometimes too strong of a personality or 10 people exactly like him in a team of 20 doesn't help his team move forward. It actually hinders them from their success because there's not enough people willing to do the work um, differently in order for them to be successful. So that's kind of where I am. Definitely. And I hate to say it, this happens every time we do this. We are at, we're actually a little over 30 minutes, actually. Um, No, this is... It's awesome. We just, it's one of those things where, you know, 
it we just want to keep talking because there's so many other things that we can <laughs> hit on but bef- but we do want to yeah. make sure before we we do cut out here um we want to make sure people can get a hold of you if they are interested in coaching or speaking opportunities or all of the different amazing things that you do um so if you could give a little shout out to the different ways people can find you or um that work with you that would be great okay sure my um it- my name on LinkedIn is Ebony Smith Coach. Uh, that'll be an easy way for you to find me. I have a personalized link there. And then my website is ebonumequation.com. Um, and so ebonum is ebony in Latin. I just needed a clean trademark. And that's spelled E-B-E-N-U-M and then equation.com. And then I also have another website that's a bit easier, theresiliencearchitect.com, um, just for people who didn't get the spelling of Ebonum Equation. So the resiliencearchitect.com is my other site. I'm on Instagram under Ebonum Equation Coaching. Um, I think those are great ways for people to, to find Perfect. me. It's been a pleasure talking to you guys. Thank you. Well, yeah, Thank thanks you. for being on the show. I didn't know we were going to talk so much about, you know, stillness is one of my favorite topics. So, I, and I didn't know that we were going to have that conversation. So, um, it's just, I, I'm excited because it just started out my day in a completely different way than I thought it was going to go. So, <laughs> I mean, you know, I mean, I knew we were going to talk about resilience, but I didn't, and I, and I knew that my attraction to you was part of it was watching, you know, like what a commitment you made to get out and meditate every day. And, and then that level of stillness that you have. So, and, and I don't know, it just, I love the universe. Everything works out it's, the way it's supposed to. It's pretty it amazing. Yep. All right, everyone. Thank you so much, Ebony. Um, we will link all of those places to find you in the show notes at jmbecca.com. Remember to visit us at the Facebook group, Doing the Work with Jay and Becca. Um, and we will see you next week. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for joining us again this week on Doing the Work with Jay and Becca. We appreciate you so much, and we invite you to join us at Doing the Work with Jay and Becca on Facebook. Uh, We have a great discussion group there going, or visit us at jayandbecca.com for show notes. We have uh, pullouts of links to the books and the things that we talk about. And as always, we are here for you, and we want to be part of your weekly self-care. So thank you so much for listening. Stay connected, and most importantly, be kind to you. Hell yeah. Thank you so much, Jay, and we'll see you next week. See you next week.